This is Rewired Radio with Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist, motivational speaker, and author, helping individuals, couples, and families regain a sense of control, leading to personal growth, wellness, and a more fulfilling life. Here's Erica Spiegelman. Welcome, everyone. We spend a lot of time underestimating our own power, and our power really can bring about change and create things that we could never, ever imagine. My guest today, Chris Edgar, is a composer of The Breakout. It's a musical that follows a group of young adults who come to realize their true potential and power to change their own destiny. Drawing from his own experiences in high school and exploring topics such as teen suicide and mental illness, The Breakout is an inspiration to everyone who wants to take control of their own destiny. Chris Edgar, welcome to the show. So honored to have you with us today. Thanks very much, Erica. It's an honor to be here. Um, I am so excited to get to talk to you about the inspiration behind this musical and and all the work that you do, really. But can you tell us a little bit about The Breakout? Sure. Uh, It's about a a nerdy sort of outcast kid in high school who uh, wants to rescue the girl that he loves from a psychiatric hospital. And he Mm -hmm. recruits her misfit friends to help him out with that. So, Chris, it sounds like it sounds like the cast of characters that you wrote about in this musical um, were, you know, part part of understanding like the, you know, the personalities of high school kids and 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 kind of what the misfit kind of groups are these days. What inspired you to write about those characters and um, and and how is it how is it kind of contributing to the overall message of, of what the movie's about? Well, uh, when I was in high school, which was uh, more than 20 years ago, but I, I think uh-huh. it's still relevant today based on my conversations with, with teenagers about this movie today. Yeah. Um, it was a very large school. It was like 3,000 kids, and there was a group of about 20 or 30 kids who were called the self-contained kids. So they were kids who had been deemed by the administration to be a danger to themselves or others. And mm-hmm. so it, it, every day, and it's funny, people are shocked when I tell them this, but uh, every day they would be taken out of the big cafeteria section of the high school and they would be led down to a separate wing of the school for these self-contained kids by a security guard. Wow. Where they could, you know, be be educated under supervision. So uh, the breakout genesis came from thinking, well, what if these kids decided that they weren't going to take it anymore? Like, what if these kids decided that they were no longer going to be put into this separate section of the high school and you know, under close guard and everything like that. And I was also thinking about all the instances, and of course, this is even more true today than it was back when I was in high school, uh, all the instances of kids being hospitalized and being mm-hmm. given psychotropic drugs. Yeah. And in some cases, you know, and I, I know a lot of clinicians now, my mother is actually a clinician, and I was in a, um, I was in a clinical psychology graduate program for a while. So yeah, I, I, I have a lot of experience with this. It seems like yeah. some kids are given these drugs or committed to hospitals largely because of disciplinary issues, right? Because their right. parents can't really control them. Um, whereas mm-hmm. I would have thought that the reason why that would happen would be if the kid were actually going to commit suicide. And of course, sometimes there are you know, suicide risks. Sometimes there are suicide threats. But I was just surprised at how often these techniques were used to control mm-hmm. kids. And so that was another thing that led me to want to write about this subject. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the subject matter is so relevant right now because there are so many, you know, labels that get put on children, um, so many problem kids, outcasts. But like you said, too, um, I, li- I think a lot of these issues are emotional issues that aren't addressed. They don't teach self-love in school. They don't teach what it is to <laughs> learn how to handle emotions. Obviously, there's parenting or poor parenting that is obviously involved in some of these cases. But but I really do uh, love that you speak to the fact that uh, these kids are rebelling against it and not, not trying, you know, I think right now more than ever, it's just the stigma of all these, all these kind of mental illnesses that we don't understand. And, and I know in my industry, a lot of these young kids are just having these labels placed on them without understanding what that really means. And then, you know, it's like a never ending cycle. Then they hide behind the label and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. As I'm yeah, sure, um, you know, if, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, as you study clinical psychology, you understand that 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 is, you know, harmful sometimes when we labor ourselves without understanding it and and thinking that there's something wrong with us, which is, you know, becomes our like our our kind of core injury. Like I'm not lovable enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not normal enough. Yeah. Yeah, and and it occurred to me as well that um, back when I was in high school, um, in addition to not, um, yeah. I mean, well, of course, there, there's no sort of training that you receive in your relationship with yourself and your love for yourself mm-hmm. and so on, like you said, but also right. just a sense of having a purpose. Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing myself in high school as just sort of a passive receiver of information, um, that I'm just there to sort of sit there and regurgitate what I'm being told, um, as opposed to thinking about what the purpose of all of this is and what I'm planning to do. Um, and I think that that, the, the main character in The Breakout, Albert, actually mm-hmm. thinks about his own goals and his own motivations for the first time. Uh, and, you know, he, he does it by doing uh, an act that might be perceived by some as kind of destructive and illegal, you know, trying to break this girl out of a, a mental hospital. But at right. least he thinks to some degree about his own purpose in life and recognizes his own power to affect the events of his life, as opposed to just seeing himself as a passive receiver. And, and he's, he's this sort of loner kid who's hiding in the library. So he's almost the ultimate example of sort of just a passive observer of the world. And he goes mm-hmm. to being active in the course of this. That's that's awesome. That really is. Yeah. And, and I like that. I mean, he's a character that can inspire people to, uh, you know, create kind of the, the life that they want. At that age, though, it's I think I, I don't know. I mean, for I mean, you've you've uh, shared with us, but how your high school is my high school is very similar. And I feel like, you know, it was um, a lot of kids that got lost kind of in the shuffle of what they should be doing. And, and with so many creative, like, you know, deep, deep kind of hearted personalities um, that, you know, some of them turned to drug addiction, some of them, you know, turned turned to different routes because they felt so misunderstood. So I really, I, I really think tons of people are going to relate to this musical. And so tell me a little bit about the, the music aspect of the film and um, how that came to be. I know you're the composer of it as well. What's your background with music? And, and can you tell us a little bit about, about that, that piece of it? Yes. My, my initial background was in you know hard rock and heavy metal back when I was a kid. I, I actually oh, cool. was a drummer and I went on tour with bands and so forth. Oh. Uh, Awesome. And then uh, over time, I developed more of an interest in musical theater and in doing film score, which is really the place that I'm at right now. And I guess you could say that um, the music is a fusion of the musical theater style and rock. Mm-hmm. So it's more in this contemporary style of shows like Rent or Next to Normal or Spring Awakening and so forth than, you know, My Fair Lady or Oklahoma. Um, so that's really the perspective I was coming from in doing the music. And, and also it seemed to me that if you're talking about the adolescent experience where everything is so emotionally intense, or at least that was, that was my own experience, 
then it's almost impossible to express the intensity and how dramatic everything is without making it a musical and without rocking out. Uh, Uh So that was that was one of the motivations, too. How cool. That's so fun. It sounds like it's it's uh, it was a fun experience, uh, you know, collaborating and doing this with a bunch of people, too. Um, so so tell me just a little bit also about um, your experience with with suicide, mental illness. Um, did you did you have to explore that topic more? I mean, I know that it's still, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a huge issue. I know on college campuses, uh, I have a friend who, who did commit suicide and, and started, a you know, a very amazing nonprofit called the Jed Foundation. And it's now across all these uh, college campuses raising awareness for mental illness because so many kids, you know, uh, they kind of suffer with this without anybody knowing the signs. So can you tell me a little bit about your experience with this and how you, you came to get to know this subject matter better? Yes. Well, uh, it actually started with my mother, um, who is a clinical psychologist who primarily works with adolescents. And, mm-hmm. and she works with a crisis program. So Oh, um, wow. Inevitably, she's dealing with kids on a regular basis who, um, well, they, they they are considered to be a threat of violence against someone else or of violence against themselves, of, of suicide. Um, mm-hmm. And she has been, uh, she has uh, participated in hospitalizing a bunch of these kids who are in crisis. And so uh, every day I would hear about these stories, um, but also just in terms of the people that I hung out with in high school, because. I was one of these nerdy kids. I was not in the self-contained program, but naturally <laughs> the uh, the yeah. self-contained kids and the, the sort of Dungeons and Dragons or, or, or theater nerd kids would gravitate right. toward each other and they would sit at their own cafeteria table. And then every day I would see the self-contained kids being taken away and hear stories oh about how maybe one of them had been hospitalized or right. the drugs that they were being put on and so forth. So it seems like mm-hmm. Um, just the, the experience of uh, being around these kids who had been identified as bad or as uh, mentally deficient in some way was, was just uh, something that I went through on a daily basis. And, and so it was something that I really wanted to talk about as well in this, in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and so what is the message that, I mean, it's so powerful to be able to, to use a platform like a movie, like a musical like this, to discuss something that is, you know, obviously so detrimental to their lives when you are suffering from a mental illness. So, I mean, how... It, what like in terms of responsibility? Like, what, did you have a clear vision of how you wanted to kind of speak to this? Well, I think that one of the great aspects of the breakout is that we are not preachy in our approach. Uh-huh. Um, we're not we're not saying that uh, that kids who are cutting, like the, the female lead Scara, yeah. um, that, that any particular approach should be taken to them. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, we see both the oppressive side of kids relationship with the mental health establishment. So we see them being you know, committed to hospitals as a, more of a disciplinary tool than something mm-hmm. that's legitimately meant to address some, some kind of danger or some kind of suicide risk, right? But then right. on the other hand, we see that Scara, and I, I, not, without giving away too much of the plot, yeah. actually benefits in certain ways by being in this hospital and by uh-huh. being away from her family environment. So we, mm-hmm. we try to I, if anything, show both sides of the issue as opposed to trying to beat the audience over the head with what we think their point of view should be. But mm-hmm. just discussing something like uh, a, a subject like cutting or, or self-harm, yeah. which is what this, right. uh, this character, Kara, a.k.a. Skara, uh, is engaged yeah. in on film and, and the reasons why that might be occurring. Um, is, right. I, I think hopefully a great way to start a conversation about that kind of subject and, and just to bring some attention to that issue. Oh, of course. It's, it's so important. And it's so, I mean, it, it, 
I, you know, it's for me in the industry that I'm in and, and, and helping people get through their um, dependencies, addictions, uh, recovering from, you know, drug and alcohol, food, gambling, you know, cutting, cutting comes up a lot. You know, the self-harming of cutting comes up a lot. And, and there is so many different, um, you know, ways in which as, as professionals can help help these kids. But I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's it's talked about much. I think it's really a hush hush issue. So that's why, you know, you bringing this to, 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 to light and, and kind of discussing it, I, I think is a great thing. And also, you know, it, it's, it could be triggering for people. Um, it could be, yeah. it could be something that sheds some light on uh, the fact that it is going on for family members and, you know, signs of that. And, you know, there's, there's just so many different things you could speak to in terms of that. So I do appreciate you bringing it up to the forefront. Yeah, and it's funny. I had expected more people to come up to me and say, you know, um, and, and and express some discomfort with the content of the film. Uh-huh. Um, but in fact, but, uh, yeah, the audience reception has been so positive, um, and they and a lot of people have told me that they identify with the characters in terms of the way they themselves were as teenagers. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that the positivity of the message is getting through, and it's not just sort of re-traumatizing people who have been through these kind of situations, which was a fear that I had had about doing this. right. Yeah. Well, I think when any, any topic like this is brought up, I mean, there's always going to be someone that, that, you know, is triggered in some way, whether that's a, whether that's just a memory or whether that is actually like, you know, something that is emotionally provoking, but either way, um, just, you know, putting things out there for, in terms of awareness is, is, is awesome. Um, I, I wanted to ask you too, you know, I know that, uh, that another message in the, the musical is, you know, ways to inspire people to take control of their own destiny. And I've always liked to discuss um, what true acceptance is, you know, accepting ourselves, you know, when we're not accepting of ourselves or we're in constant negative self-talk or, you know, then, then we're kind of at, at war or at odds with ourselves, which never leads to peace. So true acceptance, I think is, uh, it sounds like one of the, the messages that um, comes through in the film. Uh, could you, could you tell me a little bit of, have you thought about that as, as one of the themes that comes up or, what is your take on that message? Yeah, I mean, um, the protagonist, uh, Albert, who, who tries to break the girl out of the mental hospital, mm-hmm. um, he does come to develop qualities of himself that he either was denying that he had or didn't, or just simply didn't realize that he had. Like, he is basically able to lead these misfit kids who are initially kind of contemptuous, you know, and skeptical of him to make this break-in attempt into the hospital. Um, so in a sense, he accepts and, and brings out more qualities of himself, whereas in the beginning of the movie, he's sort of hiding, right? He, he thinks that everybody doesn't like him or everyone just sees him as this dorky kid who they don't want anything to do with and sort of he's concealing himself in the library for that reason. So mm-hmm. even even though he sort of joins the bad kids crowd, I guess, you know, as it might be conventionally thought of, uh, he really also matures and comes into his own and learns to accept aspects of himself that he was in denial of before. So I, I think that's the sort of acceptance angle that you, that you could see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. And and for your own self, I mean, creating um, such a amazing project as this one, how how was the process for you to write, to to do the score, to cast, to you know c- create something of this? Um, of this magnitude, how was that experience personally for you? And I know that you've uh, obviously you've been working with film and theater and TV and digital series and commercials and, and more, but how, how was this for you in particular? And, and maybe some of the things you've learned through this. Well, it, what really stands out in terms of making this movie 
was just the extent to which the the people who played the main characters really dove right into them. I mean, like uh-huh. Emma Farabee, for instance, who plays Kara, a.k.a. Scara. And that, the reason she's called Scara is because that's sort of the, the disparaging nickname that the other kids have given to her because of the scars yeah. on her arms, right? Because of her yeah. Um, and she came in, I can remember a rehearsal that we did with her, and I was reading for Miss Fancher, like the teacher who's talking to the class and leading them through writing poems in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, okay, Cara, it's time to read your poem. And she looked at me with this totally withering glare uh, to the extent that, you know, I, I was just totally afraid there for a moment. <laughs> and I realized um, she, and this is really, I think, a, a writer's dream, that she understood the character better than I did, and she could really embody the passion wow. and the anger of the character, I think, more than I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get an actor and, and, and a cast, I think generally, who's capable of doing that, then that's when you know you have something that's really special. Mm, that's so great. That's so great. And and it sounds like, you know, uh, a lot of teenagers and, and, and the characters you wrote are, are misunderstood, you know, and um, do, do you feel like most people that age are misunderstood or trying to figure out how to teach people how they want to be treated? I mean, I think there's so many different uh, ways in which we we come to, we, we come to know our authentic selves. And, um, you know, maybe through some of these experiences like cutting, like self-harming, like being in a mental hospital. I mean, those things, the darkness kind of brings us to, to kind of have a contrast to know who we are. Um, and I just feel like that would, that would probably be something that, uh, you know, characters like this could kind of come to terms with in the end of, of kind of discovering more about themselves authentically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because in doing the research that I did on cutting, mm-hmm. um, one thing that I would see, because now, now of course, all over the internet, there are teenagers discussing why they cut, like you can see it from there in their own words. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, because a lot of the time I feel numb or I feel like I have to be sort of emotionally muted. And at least when I inflict pain on myself, I mm-hmm. can experience some kind of emotion, right? Mm-hmm. That dullness mm-hmm. goes away for me. Um, and actually, Scara sings about that in the breakout. So it, like you were saying, that's an instance where uh, really getting into her darkness and, and doing a behavior that people just see as, as dangerous actually helps her to uh, get more in contact with aspects of herself that she is forced to push away the majority of the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And obviously cutting is not, I, I think, is not really the way that... We're we not encouraging like it. Teen- yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not the way that we would like to see teenagers getting more in contact with themselves. But we can yeah. at least see from these kind of accounts of why cutting occurs um, that it's so important to give teenagers a safe way um, that they can become, that, that they, they can learn more about who they are um, and that they can express how they're feeling to their parents as opposed to being told, no, um, no, you need to walk around kind of acting super professional and perfect and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at least it goes into what might be causing this to happen. Um, and I think that's, that, um, if anything, that's a valuable lesson or a valuable at least question that can be placed in people's mind because of this. Uh, absolutely. Totally. And, and, uh, you know, and I, and I, yeah, just reiterate, we're absolutely not encouraging anybody to get to know themselves better for self-harm, but, but it is, yeah. but it is there, but there is a lesson to be learned from kind of the darker periods that I think most teenagers go through, most people, human beings go through is to kind of 
you know, not not marinate and sit in, in that in the past or the shame of, of maybe some behavior that went on, but to kind of look at it like what is this trying to teach me and what are the lessons I can learn and how I can move forward to become a to become the better version of myself or to become, you know, uh, the best, my best self in, in some way. So, you know, we all, I think we all come to terms with, with finding out who we are through these experiences, through the light, through the dark, through, you know, the bad and the good and, and kind of these, you know, different contrasts that we get to experience in life. So appreciate you talking yeah. about that. So, um, and yeah. it's funny because the people, I mean, I think the people I know who have been in recovery groups, uh, mm-hmm are some of the most honest and authentic people that I know um, and sort of some of the most inspiring people I know to be around in my life. Uh, mm, absolutely. And because they have had to come to terms with aspects of themselves that maybe a lot of other people haven't been forced to face uh, in the same way because of, of hitting rock bottom. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, and mental illness, you know, and anxiety and depression and, and anything else that is, that is an ailment that we're dealing with. It's, um, you know, it's usually people that are very insightful and sensitive. And, and I, you know, I always say to my clients, I, I think people that have to go through a dark time are chosen people in a lot of ways, because we get the opportunity to take a look at ourselves and really investigate um, who we are, what we want out of life, what our boundaries are, uh, ways in which we could, you know, become more fulfilled and have meaningful lives. So, um, not not to not to be deterred by kind of some of our darker times, but to kind of rise out of it and and see failure or failure at something or failing at you know making friends or failing at being smiley and normal, like you said, and, and looking at that, like you know, it's it's just a learning experience too. So there's there's so many themes and messages right that are out there. So can you tell us a little bit about um, the trajectory of, of, of the musical and what's what's to come and where people could find it and a little bit of more information about it and, and you? Uh, sure, sure. Um, it's now on Amazon. Um, we, uh, we completed our festival run, so we've played uh-huh. some festivals in L.A. and in New York and so forth. Actually, we, there, we might be playing a couple more festivals in the future, um, oh, at least cool. the ones that are okay with it being on, on Amazon. Um, uh-huh. But now anybody can watch it, which I'm very happy about. And, and if you go to the link, uh, seethebreakout.com, then that will take you to the Amazon page where it's the easiest to see the movie. Um, so in terms exciting. of the future plans for the breakout, I think mm-hmm. that the best, I mean, um, the best option would be for Jen, the director, and I to create a TV show. And actually, we've already done a, a Bible for a TV show. In other words, something laying out what uh, the first couple mm-hmm. of episodes might look like and describing the characters and so forth. Um, and the opportunity to go more into depth about issues like, you know, the family of origin of Scara and how that influenced her behavior and the same thing with Albert mm-hmm. and so on. I, I would really love that opportunity. And, I, and I'd love to write a lot more music as well, you know, for these characters to sing. So, yeah, and, uh, oh, I mean, yeah. ideally, that's the path that we're on right now. That's, that's what we're pushing towards. That's so cool. And there's so much content. Oh, my God. I could just I, there's just there's so much, like you said, family systems and roles and, and you know, understanding trauma and, and your, you know, your your core values and uh, there's so much. So that sounds extremely yeah. exciting. And uh, I encourage everybody yeah. to go on Amazon and go to www.seethebreakout.com um, for more information. And uh, Chris, your your website is um, C Edgar music.com right that's c-e-d-g-a-r music.com and uh you're on social media too right yes that's right okay and you want to give any social Um, media oh sure sure 
uh, that's uh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> it's this Portuguese phrase, wake up, my love, but it's A-C-O-R-D-A-A-M-O-R. Uh, <laughs> like that. Uh, I like that. So that, that's me on social media. The, the easier one to find is breakout theory. Cool. Uh, oh, and that has all oh. things breakout related. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being with me today. And I uh, wish this movie just the best of luck and, and can't wait for everybody to, to see it. You're listening to Rewired Thanks. Radio on Radio MD. I'm Erica Spiegelman. Thank you all for joining us today and stay well.